We're talking with Denny Potvin here on Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach. What about the Sutter brothers? They don't seem to ever get enough credit, but they were there. They're tough as nails. Um, what, were, what were they like? I mean, they, they, you know, it's tough to come from a family of six and they're all in the NHL. I mean, but what are those two guys, what were they able to bring for you guys to the table? Well, for, first of all, there's a guy named Gary, who was the oldest. So there were seven boys and they all worked the farm. Yep. And, you know, I, I don't know if it's milking cows or what, but they were all, they were all really strong in the hands, you know, I mean, yes. they're typical farmers. Uh, I remember Brett and uh, Dwayne, you go out for dinner. And they were to order a steak. Give me a steak. How would you like it? Well done. Well done. Who eats a steak? Well done. And, and, and Morton's, you know. <laughs> but then, then they would say, well, if you ever if you ever worked on a farm with cows and you saw what they did to those cows, you'd be eating that steak, you know, gray all the way through it. But anyway, uh, it was a great family. I mean, right from Brian, it was the first one. I believe, yeah, Brian was the first one that played in the NHL, so I played against him. He was with St. Louis. All the same, not extremely big, but courage. If there's a, is there's a word that you want to describe in terms of you better have one word in everybody's mind when you go out to play playoff hockey, it's courage. And that is your biggest asset. And those Sutter brothers all had it. All six that played in the NHL. And, you know, with, with Dwayne, uh, uh, we'd, uh, we'd call Dwayne Dog. And then when, when Brent came along, we'd call him Pup. <laughs> well, the reason why Dwayne Sutter's name was Dog is because he would yap, yap, yap. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I saw him some nights. We're in an opposing building, and he's going by the opposing bench and just yelling at the coach. He could start a war. As a matter of fact, we had a bench-clearing brawl in Boston the first year in 1980. This before we played the Flyers. It was like 10 seconds left in the second period. He goes out <laughs> in the ice, and I think he just punches Milbury or somebody. And all of a sudden starts a bench-clearing brawl right at the end of the period. We're going, oh, God, no. You know, by the way, they've got Wensick. Jonathan. Oh, yeah. You got tough guys on this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, what are you doing, dog? So, any of that, uh, just to give you a bit of character. And right now, uh, Brent uh, and they're smart guys, too. Brent owns one of the most successful junior franchises in Canada. And uh, I just saw him a few weeks ago at our reunion. And uh, he, he did something. He told me a story. He said, Look, during COVID, you know, a lot of the kids are billeted out. In junior hockey, well, they couldn't because people didn't want them in their homes during the COVID. So what he did is he retrofitted the arena in which they play in, took every suite, turned it into a bedroom and a living sitting room for the players. So the players throughout the hockey season or whatever length of time he was talking about would all have a bedroom and a home to go to. And it was the arena. He spent two, three hundred thousand dollars of his own money to be able to retrofit all the suites so his junior team would have a place to sleep and stay. I mean, how amazing is that? That's really the Sutters. Yeah, it's great. Great. I would have played with any one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really? Oh, no, they were all the same. It was great. It always happens in an athlete's career. It's time to retire. When did you know it was time to walk away? 
What was your moment? What was your aha moment that said to you, I just can't do this anymore? Well, again, that didn't happen. Uh, for me, it was a thought process. You know, I was, I had three children. Um, <clears throat> In 1980, 81, I started planning for, no, in 1984, 85, I started thinking about, you know, what I might want to do later on in life. And so I tried a few things. In the summertime, I worked for a commercial uh, real estate company called Cushman Wakefield in New York. Uh, then I got my degree, Series 7, uh, to go work with Donaldson, Lufkin, and Jen Rett. Uh, and so in the summers after the Stanley Cup, you know, we were having babies, <clears throat> and uh, I was going to New York. I was working in Manhattan in the summertime just to get a taste of what things were like. So that was part of the process. So the quick answer is it probably took me well over two years to, to make a decision. And when I did, I, I, I expressed it and announced it in training camp. If you remember, my last year was 87, 88, retired in April of 88. In training camp of 87, I announced that this would be my last year. And the reason I did that was only because I wanted to take all the pressure. Like I was thinking every night about it, you know, what am I going to mm -hmm. do? What, what am I going to do? I'm 36 years old. You know, you're still a puppy in life, right? So I felt that it was, first of all, I would admit it to everybody, announce it. That would mean that I would have to keep the commitment, yep. which was good. Yeah. And I had a great year. I could probably had my best year emotionally that I'd had in several years. You know, the, the period after the Stanley Cups, you know, I mean, Clarkie got traded, Bob, you know, Bobby, yeah. you know, the whole team was starting to get dismantled. So it was a different hockey world that I knew. So uh, that's, that's what took me along the way. And, and the decision of announcing it in training camp uh, turned out to be a very good one. And I enjoyed that season, knowing that, you know, here I am playing hockey in Pittsburgh. This is the last time I'll play here, you know, that kind of thing. So that's that's how it happened. It, it evolved. It was no snap decision. I don't think any of it is. I always like Tom. I think Tom Brady. Yeah. Coming back, coming in. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't want to do that. I, yeah. also didn't want, I also didn't want to overstay my welcome. You know, uh, I, I was starting to feel, you know, like, I, you know, things, it just wasn't quite there. And I didn't want to become a guy that scored five goals and had eight assists as a defenseman. Uh, that was never my game. So it was time. Uh, and you can say that fortunately, I'm still, I was still producing at a level where I felt like I'm leaving the game, you know, in a good place. You know, I'm yeah. still able to play, but I just don't want to anymore. I always like to end with two questions. Yeah. And this has been amazing to talk to you. Um, who gave you, this is, this is it. The first one What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given. Who gave it to you? Do you still use it today? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I do a lot of investing, you know, today, like all of us do, but I'll come back to something I said earlier that I use uh, I use in my life almost every day when I try to evaluate a situation. I'm number one. I have to protect number one. So when Al Arbor said, Dennis, 
and then he said it to everybody else pretty much, if you're in good position defensively, you're going to be in a good position offensively. So think about that if you're an investor. Mm-hmm. Not bad, eh? Think about that in anything you do. If you are uh, sure your backside is protected, you know, why do guys like you and me go into a bar and, you know, where do you want to sit? You know, yep. as well, Chris and I want to sit with our backs to the wall, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? you don't want Facing to the door. You want to face the door. We don't want to face you the back. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, make sure that my wall is to the, my back's to the wall. But that to me is something I, I use, as I said, in my life. You know, be be responsible and take care of yourself first because a lot of decisions are going to have to be made all along the way. So I, I would say, you know, I would say think of yourself as the guy that needs to be positioned defensively well and any of the offense is going to come along, no doubt about it. Finally, everyone wins in life. You know, it's great to win. It's great to win. Yeah. But what does losing teach you more about life? You know, everyone always success, you know, it's, it, when you get there, it's wonderful. But what does losing teach you about life? And how can you learn from what your that, that loss you suffered? Like 1979 would be a great example. Yeah, yeah, sure. The New York Rangers was brutal. I mean, you know, it was a it was a real transfer, uh, a real uh, uh, change for us in that we were so good all season long, but there was something missing. <clears throat> of course, a lot happened between, uh, you know, that playoff against the Rangers and then eventually, you know, the playoffs that started in 1980. You know, meaning changes, you know, I mean, Kenny Moore, Butch Goring, Gordon Lane, you know, uh, Dave Langevin, a lot of things had changed. But I think everybody who has won will always say that losing was a real teaching moment. You look at Pittsburgh losing, uh, I think, to Detroit when Sidney Crosby was at his best in the playoffs. And you think of all the teams that went through. Uh, we lost in 79 to the Rangers. The Oilers, who become, you know, became their own dynasty just in a sort, uh, really learned. And they say this openly. I'm, I'm not making this up. They mm-hmm. really learned by losing to us. And what I believe, I'm going to paraphrase it, but I think Wayne Gretzky in his book, when he talked about that, he said, seeing the Islanders beat up, tired, but they had the Stanley Cup in their room. We knew that we had to give more. You know, you think you're at the end, right? That's why we have these coaches. You know, you think you've given it all, but then they're able to push a little more. So that to me is really encompasses one thing, courage. If if and when, because you're going to lose. When you lose and it's embarrassing or just the thought of losing, that's when you got to gather up your courage admit to what you didn't do that would lead you to win and then move on. And we lost to Toronto and to the New York Rangers in tough series where we were the better teams, but we just couldn't get it done. So 1980, I think courage is a very, very good word to use in terms of trying to propel yourself emotionally to get through the, the, the thing that has happened to you. And nobody likes to admit to losing. 
Well, I want to thank you for your time, your insights. It's always great to see you. It's always wonderful to talk hockey with you. It's like one of my yeah, favorite things in the world to talk hockey with you. Wish you all the best, and thanks for coming on uh, Inside the Game here today. Well, Chris, it was uh, a lot of fun. Thank you for having me, by the way, and um, hey, we'll see you around the ring. <laughs>